Hey folks, on this week's episode, you got myself, Kyle Wood, and uh, Mr. Randall Tharp. Uh, we're going to have a good conversation about him uh, fishing the pro circuit this year, fishing the Bass Pro Tour, things he's learned along his career, uh, some of his strengths, some of his weaknesses, and uh, just talk a little bit more about uh, what he's had going on. So should be a pretty fun episode. Um, I know Randall and I go back quite a ways and uh it was good to kind of reconnect with them a little more than than we have in the last few years so before we jump into that uh i'm gonna do a quick little ad read and then uh we're just gonna turn it right over to the man himself so few lures have stood the test of time like the original rattle trap by bill lewis and now with the help of major league fishing pro mark daniels jr we're launching the sp57 and mr6 go to rattletrap.com to learn more are you in need of a great career opportunity that gives you time to fish and spend time with the family? Neat Companies is looking for you. Neat needs Class A CDL drivers now. Competitive pay, 100% paid health insurance, 401k, tuition reimbursement, and more are just some of the benefits. Call Neat now at 833-463-NEAT to get your career started. That's 833-463-NEAT. Now, without further ado, former Forestwood Cup champion, the honey badger himself, Randall Tharp. All right. Well, uh, you know, I think it's long overdue, but, uh, you know, on this episode here, uh, like people saw when they clicked on it, we got Randall Tharp. Uh, I'm pretty hyped about this. Randall, how you been, man? Man, I am good, Kyle. It's, it's been a long time, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to catching up. Well, uh, you know, it, it's funny, uh, just the other day, uh, when Jody and I were talking about the field list for the pro circuit, uh, in 2022, we read your name and, uh, you know, it was at that moment I was like, Oh my gosh, I haven't, I haven't talked to Randall in forever. We got to have this guy on the podcast and see what he's been up to. So, uh, you know, here you are one text it what all it was to get you lined up and boom, now we're talking. <laughs> yeah, man. It's, uh, it's been a, it's been a long kind of off season for me already. And uh, it doesn't not not that I've been not doing anything. We have been extremely busy here, but uh, man, I am fired up about fishing next year. I'm fired up about fishing the pro circuit and and getting back to kind of my roots as a angler and and you know fishing a five fish limit tournament again. Um, you know, I'm excited about that. It has been it's been a long time since I fished a tournament like that and. And uh, not not to say that I have anything wrong with the Bass Pro Tour. I, it's just a different, totally different form of competition. So that's, For sure. that's what I'm excited about. I, I think the league did probably one of the best jobs I've ever seen of meshing two circuits scheduled together so we're not zigzagging all over the United States yeah. like I've done in the past. So, yep. uh, when I looked at that and, and, and also the fisheries we're going to or places that I've been, been a bunch of times and had a lot of success so uh and you know some of my good friends that i haven't fished against in a long time are still fishing that circuit and and, and some of my best friends on the bass pro tour also brett height david walker mm-hmm. lucas you know to, to name a few i'm all good friends with them so uh looking forward to mixing it up with those guys too it, it really does seem like a uh a, a pretty solid year for randall tharp you know, to fish both the Bass Pro Tour and Pro Circuit. Uh, because like you said, there's a lot of factors going on there, but like the timing seems really good for you, you know, to jump back into a couple of circuits and, uh, 
you know, I guess do a little more fishing. Yeah, but I look back at my career, my best seasons, I was fishing a pretty good bit. Um, you know, I, I, I fished the, my last season on the FLW Tour. I fished the Elite Series, too. I was fishing Opens. I was fishing back then called Everstarts. or mm-hmm. uh, yep. you know, Like, I was fishing a bunch. And, I mean, there were some years I twenty twenty two 22 to 24, you know, major events. And I don't know that I want to to do that that many again <laughs> uh, but I, but i think i think you know looking at the schedule and what's ahead of me for this year i think it's a pretty good balance for me yeah definitely definitely well i i have uh i want to talk a little more about that but you know one of the first things out of your mouth was off season and i just kind of want to know uh i know there were some pros that were you know, with supply chain issues and whatnot, guys that were kind of having some logistical issues getting lined up for next year. But uh, have things gone pretty smoothly for you in terms of getting your equipment ready to go for next year? Man, you know what? For me, this has been the smoothest off season uh, that I've ever had, and I oh, wow. really don't understand it because my my boat was was ready early, my engine was there early, all my part showed up and and i've had my boat for several weeks now it's already wrapped it's already the engine's already broke in and uh you know i i, I don't understand it it just yeah, everything <laughs> really good and uh the folks at phoenix and yamaha you know i got nothing but good things to say about both of those companies and and taking care of me and getting me ready to roll so so soon this nice. year nice nice well, that's that's good to hear, man. I'm, uh, you know, as, as much of a veteran as you are, too. I, I would expect that you know you're one of those guys that's kind of ready to go earlier. But like I said, uh, it's been such a wild year in terms of people being able to get parts and boats and stuff like that. It's I felt like it was a safe question to you know make sure you're good to go already. Which is, I mean, you're ahead of the curve. Yeah, well, in that aspect, I am. In other in other parts of my life, I'm really not like. <laughs> My wife and I sold our house in August, this past August, and we leased it back from the people we sold it to. So I've got six months to get a new house built. And the supply chain issues in building a new house <laughs> or, or have caught up to me, I guess. Ah. Say. Just something as simple as getting a garage door or, or – uh, or windows, or, or all, all of it has been uh, way more of a challenge than, than I was bargaining for in that aspect. Now, uh, are, are you guys looking, are you guys building uh, in the same area? Like, you're up there in the panhandle of Florida. Uh, yeah, right? our, uh, our now, the one we sold is, is on the beach, and we're kind of moving off the beach. But it's maybe 10 minutes from where I live now. And oh, okay. got a lot of big we got a, you know, I got enough room now to build a shop and it's a lot more private than, than where we're at on the beach. There's not, not too many waterfront, even on lakes, but especially down here on the coast, it's a privacy is not something you get when you have an ocean. But, uh, we, we've enjoyed living here. We've been here for eight years in this, you know, location where we're at and we love it. We definitely definitely don't don't want to leave this area but uh but yeah just timing seemed right for it I, if there is a, a such thing as timing building a new home sure sure well uh at least it's good to hear you'll be able to uh you know still have easy access to beat up on some saltwater fish which i want to cover 
you know, a little later on after we talk some bass fishing. But, uh, no, that's, uh, if there was an area to have hiccups in, I feel like having a house built is probably, I don't want to say best case scenario, but, uh, dealing with not having stuff that helps you make your living like a boat or a motor or, <laughs> you know what I mean? Electronics, stuff like that. Uh, that, that would seem like a headache. I'll, I'll take not having a garage door for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, we, we have to be out by March 31st. So that's right in the middle of, of oh. tournament. And, and I've actually got a week there where I think we can, can actually get our stuff moved out of this house. So, I don't, I don't know if we'll have a house to move it into, but it, you know, we're making progress. It's going to be close. Well, I, I tell you, I mean, I, I know uh, you got to have, Rob Newell's got to have a couch available uh, for you guys to crash on or, or a spare bedroom or something uh, that you guys can at least, maybe you just move in, maybe your roomies for a little bit. Maybe that's the solution. <laughs> there, there's always that option. <laughs> oh, man. Well, uh that's uh okay I'll, I'll take that let's uh let's switch gears a little back to bass fishing and uh i i don't know if i want to say this is kind of a serious question but it's again a thing you brought up when you started fishing the bass pro tour how much of a change was it for you to go from the traditional five fish to the format on the bpt catchway release Man, you know, it was a huge change. I think it was a huge adjustment for all of us. Um, even the guys that had tough experience prior to that, the Bass Pro Tour was something totally different for those guys as well. I mean, you know, they had dealt with penalties and score tracker and the live scoring before. But, you know, the basic format of the Bass Pro Tour where we got two days of practice and, you know, that was something new to all of us. And, uh, you know, I, I think there are, there are certain guys that adapted to it really well. I think it fits some guy's strength. Uh, obviously, if you take a look, like guys like Ott Defoe, Jacob Wheeler, I think Justin Lucas, I think mm-hmm. it fits their style of fishing really, really well. Um, you know, and I was pretty vocal in the beginning about, man, I'm not going to change the way I fish. I'm just going to, you know, do what I do, you know, go go try to catch big ones and, you know, let the chips fall where they may. And, and I did, by about the third or fourth tournament, I started realizing that, you know, I was still getting paid and, and I was having, you know, I've had some pretty good seasons since the start of this, but I felt like I wasn't going to have the opportunity to win unless I did change. Sure. And, uh, yeah, I've, I've evolved, I've changed, I practice different, I fish different in that format. And, uh, you know, I like it. Um, I feel like I'm a much better angler today than I was prior to the start of the Bass Pro Tour. So, uh, you know, it's it's different. I mean, it's a different ball game. I mean, it's a totally different game that we're playing on the Bass Pro Tour mm-hmm. than what I grew up doing and, and what I'm going back to on the pro circuit. So, uh, you know, and, and there's – there's things I love about both of them, and there's things I don't really like about both of them. So, you know, I'm just going to make the most of it this year. I'll try to enjoy every event. And, you know, I'm competitive. I'm going to fish as hard as I can, no oh, matter yeah. what format it is. So, <laughs> but, man, I'm looking forward to it. Like, it's, uh, you know, it's, I think, I think the whole league as a whole is growing and, 
and becoming stronger and the anglers are getting better and you know all that's pretty exciting not not only for me but for major league fishing and everybody that's a part of it for sure for sure uh you know you mentioned becoming uh like a better angler uh since fishing the bass pro tour when i had brandon mcmillan on the podcast here not too long ago i was giving him some crap about learning to fish a spinning rod and uh how comfortable have you become with a spinning rod because the flw tour randall tharp uh that you know i i i kind of grew up with in the business uh i don't know that i really ever saw you throw a spinning rod actually i take that back i saw you using one at the cup one time on lanier <laughs> and i pulled up to you and i I think you said something along the lines of if you take my picture <laughs> uh we're gonna have some words in the parking lot jokingly of course but i was like nope randall i get it it's a tough day i'm not gonna <laughs> i'm not gonna document the spinning rod in your hand but you've become kind of comfortable with it yeah i mean there's certain places we go and you know especially spotted bass fisheries or smallmouth fisheries where it's 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 a necessary and instead of being you know i've learned the hard way i mean i i kind of <laughs> always tried to force do things my own way but you know eventually you know you i've learned through my my failures and i i i, I carry several in my boat now and i'm not afraid to use them uh i still wouldn't say it's my strength or my favorite way to catch one but you know, I'd say if I had a weakness five or, or maybe six or seven years ago, it was always smallmouth fisheries. And, mm-hmm. you know, over the last since then, I mean, I feel like it's it's become one of my strengths. So, uh, you know, I've had some, some really good smallmouth tournaments. And the last really good one I had was Green Bay. And I still think that was my buddy Lucas won that. And I don't think Lucas could have beat me in a five-fish tournament that week. You know, I've catching yeah. a lot of fish and big ones and – and uh you know it's and it was all done with a spinning rod so uh, you know it is what it is like it's it's not my favorite it's not my you know i'm not sure <laughs> rather have a flip stick in my hand but uh, i can get it done with the old upside down pole now did you uh again i'm taking this uh page from the conversation i had with mcmillan uh who you know basically leaned on gussie jeff gustafson uh to kind of introduce him how to like tie knots uh you know like braid to floral knots and uh you know get everything rigged up because he was very green to it did you just kind of start doing it on your own or did you also befriend some northern guy that uh you know showed you a few tips and tricks no i didn't i didn't really have a, a northern <laughs> guy that there was one guy I would say influenced me more it was aaron martin's i mean oh sure we next to aaron for years and i mean the guy was an innovator and and one of the very best you know i mean his guy that put the drop shot on the map yeah and uh you know just watching him and watching his his preparation and and you know how much he relied on that one technique in in particular like it you know it inspired me and you know that that guy's just you know He's one of the one of the greatest that's ever played this game. So he, if there was an influence, it was him. Oh, amen to that. I think, and that's probably. Uh, I mean, you can't have a better influence, right? Uh, like you just said. I mean, the guy was. You think Aaron Martin's? You think uh, spinning rod, uh, fishing some weird pound test line, and and catching the snot out of him. <laughs> it's really uh, anywhere he goes, you know. 
Yeah, and and and, and not only him. I, I I would I have to mention like Brett Height and Brent Ayler, both really good friends of mine, and both guys that have. I would say they've given me some advice from time to time. So uh, <laughs> I believe that. <laughs> I, I wouldn't call them mentors because they're both really, you know. But you know, we bounce ideas off each other, and, and sure, you know, they've definitely helped helped me out in in that aspect of my game. Let's uh, kind of keeping the you know two tours uh, conversation going here um, it, on the pro circuit side. Uh, I, I'm always curious about lakes that, you know, guys are really excited for and, um, you know, the schedule, like, you know, I'm glancing at it here. We kick things off at Rayburn in basically a month and a half, I guess, is when we get the ball rolling there. Uh, and then from there we go to Harris chain, then Pickwick, Gunnersville, James river, Champlain. Uh, I mean, it does look like a really good Tharp schedule, but are there any on there that you're a little more hyped for? Man, I'm, you know what? Like every every year I do that, I always excel at tournaments. I don't think I'm gonna do good in the ones <laughs> I'm really my chops at, or ones that I, I I I don't have a good event. But uh, obviously, Rayburn I think is one of the best fisheries in the United States right now, and that's where we're starting. You know, it's gonna be pre-spawn, and I mean, you couldn't go to that lake at a better time to catch giant fish. So, uh, oh yeah, I'm looking at all of them though. Like it's been years since I've been to Pickwick, uh, Gunnersville, um, you know James River. I've got a, a few top tens there, second place there. So that place has always suited my eye too. So the whole schedule is a uh, pretty solid, I think. It, man, it it really is because it, obviously uh, Gunnersville, you got a lot of history there. Like you said, the James uh, Pickwick, Her- I mean Raybert, like all there really isn't a lake on the on the schedule that um you know you don't have a good rapport with uh to some extent over your career and i think uh ooh i'm i'm pretty hyped to watch uh tharp get back to work uh on the pro circuit this year cuz it's going to be pretty uh pretty fun i think yeah man i'm looking forward to it and every, all my buddies on the bass pro tour that fished it last year is like man we had so much fun you're going to love it you're going to have a ball and you know that's that's what I'm excited about. I mean, not only the good fisheries and and just hanging out with my buddies, going back to fishing the the five fish limit, and compared to the stress of a Bass Pro Tour event, and and trust me, we're all grinding all day as hard as we can, no matter what format it, it's in. But I, I can remember days, where, man. You know, you have this target weight of twenty, twenty five, thirty pounds, whatever that is. You go out there in a couple hours and catch your target weight, and man, you can kind of let off the gas. You know, you kind of go practicing, and that we're not afforded that on the Bass Pro Tour. I mean, it's just that those days, while they were even rare in a five fish limit tournament, I had several. You know, I had a lot of those days, and you know, it's uh, that constantly being pushed is is. is what that every fish counts bass pro sure. tour is about it i think that's what's made me a better fisherman too it's you know i think i think the pressure of it all knowing where you're at whether you're at the top or the bottom is it's constant pressure so i don't know it's you you can tell for for me the jury's still out on which what, what i like to do maybe, <laughs> you, know, maybe, maybe I, you interview me again by the end of this season and i might it might be able to do it. <laughs> sure I, 
I've forgotten a little bit, you know, like what it's like to go back and fish a five fish limit tournament. So uh, we're going to find out in about a month. I'll uh, I'll give you the same, uh, you know, a little bit of friendly ribbing that I did to a lot of the Bass Pro Tour guys that fished the Pro Circuit last year. Uh, at Rayburn, I'll come find you day one takeoff, and I'll just make sure, like, you know that your live wheels can be turned on. Uh, you can pump water into them. Uh, you know, it, you're going to want to cull. You know, like there's some, there's some things I'll just make sure I know, you know, you're a pro, but I'm just going to, I'll give you a little bit of light ribbon. Just make sure you're aware that, you know, you can, uh, you got to keep five and they got to be in the live well and you can let them back <laughs> and then, uh, we'll make sure you're good to go. Cause we had some, we had some BPT guys last year, uh, with some, uh, culling infractions and, uh, a couple of, uh, oversights on the, uh, five fish rule. So just helping you, helping you out there, Randall. Well, I hope it's like riding a bike. I hope I don't forget. <laughs> I'm sure it will be, but I'm just letting you know it happened to a couple guys last year, and I thought, well, okay, there's a little bit of rust, and I don't, I don't want that happening to you. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, maybe I'll find a BFL or or a little, uh, just a, like a little weekend tournament. <laughs> there to go. you go. <laughs> there you go. Hey, there's that. Uh, uh, well, I guess when does that. Uh, we got a Toyota series on Okeechobee, but I think that's after Rayburn. I think it's the week after. Yeah, it definitely is. Uh, never mind. I was going to say, you jump in that Toyota series on Okeechobee, but uh, forget forget anything I just said. I have no idea what our schedule is, apparently. Even <laughs> even though it's literally sitting right here in front of me. Now, uh, yeah, yeah, you could get in a BFL. Oh, nope, they're all the same weekend of the first one. All right, well, you'll figure it out. You're a smart guy. Um, let's... Uh, Let's talk a little bit uh, more about, um, I kind of want to dip into some mindset of you as an angler, right? Like you kind of got a later start in the professional fishing world than a lot of guys now, right? Or at least a lot of the up and comers we're seeing uh, across the sport. Um, Is there anything that you feel like technology-wise nowadays whether it's something on the internet whether it's electronics like if you had that when you were you know trying to get your start in the professional fishing game uh would have changed the way you looked at things if that makes sense like maybe you would have uh you know pursued a different uh way of fishing or or uh techniques you would have invested in you know what i mean like you just you've seen a lot of stuff throughout your life but you really kind of started later on in the professional fishing game and i'm just curious if now you're like oh dude if i had that when i was you know 20 whoo you know it could be a different ball game yeah you know for for me it was later in life but as far as you know i'd say that definitely our average my, my average competitor now most of the guys are somewhere in you know mid to late 20s early 30s uh you know most of them now you know your jordan lee matt lee all of those were when i started those kids were still in, in college <laughs> yep. high school. and uh you know this sport has evolved just since i've been in it and and i 2008 was my first year where i was just did nothing but fish so you know i've been been at it a while but but it it has evolved so much since then with everything our boats are so much better our engines are better you know our electronics i mean it's 
you know, the rods, reels, line, it is so much better than the stuff I had in 2008 and, and, and earlier when I started fishing. Um, so is there one particular piece that I feel like, I, I, I think the electronics now is, is the most important piece to the puzzle for a lot, not, not me, but for a lot of guys. I mean, there's, okay. I see, I see advantages. I see guys that are all about that technology that are pushing the limits with it. And their whole game is centered around that. Um, so I think that's the most influential piece to the puzzle right now at, in the sport right now that we're playing. Um, but for me, no, I, I mean, I, I have taken the time to learn all that, play with it. I spent a lot of my season last season looking at forward facing sonar. I mean, <laughs> I had it all on my boat at one point. Um, and, and and for me, Randall Tharp is just not the way that I like to fish. I'd rather look at the water than look at a screen now. Sure. Are most of the tournaments I fish being dominated with that? Yes. But there's, I still feel like I can hold my own doing my thing and, and, you know, every time I, we go to a tournament, like I'll use the Red Crest this year at Eufaula. You know, it was a pre-spawn, early spawn, muddy water springtime event, and I could remember thinking there's no way this will be one with that forward basin zone on it was. So. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. You know, but, but, but for me, I'm, I'm going to continue to fish away. I love to fish. Um and as long as I can remain competitive, as long as I still have an opportunity to win occasionally, then, then I'm pretty happy. Yeah, I, I like that. And I think it brings up a good point. And it's something that's come up on here, uh, I think, a fair amount. Because, you know, on MajorLeagueFishing.com, uh, there's a lot of articles that, you know, our, our team pumps out about, you know, versatility and this and that. And, man, there's there's something to be said about knowing what you're good at and executing. Uh, because, uh, you know, like we've talked to John Cox on here about it. Uh, heck, even McMillan, uh, not to keep bringing him up, but as a recent guest, he kind of talked about like, man, I kind of got out of way from, like I tried to do what you're supposed to do at events, and I sucked is basically what he said. Uh, he's like, when I started just kind of going back to what I do and what I like to do, you know, it, it works out. And uh I, I definitely I like that mindset from you. I always have uh, because I feel like you're one of those guys in this in this sport that um, like you know your strengths and you can execute it on any fishery. And yeah, sure, will there be some that you know you don't knock it out of the park? Yeah, but are you still going to do well for sure? And like you said, you're going to contend for a win um, almost every season, uh, which is uh, you know hard for a lot of guys to say, no doubt. Yeah, one thing I think most people don't. I mean, there's times when I finish 20th place and I'm doing something totally against the grain. The whole field's doing one thing. I'm doing something else. I fish perfectly, finish 20th place, and to me, it's almost as good as. I'm not saying it's as good as winning a tournament, <laughs> but I get support from, you know, from doing my own thing. You know, sure. like sure, like this drink, finding something little obscure out of the way deal that gets me through the week. And, you know, it's, I, I agree with, with what Brandon said is it's, it's a fine line. It's like, you got to know when to hold your hand and know when to play it. Um, mm -hmm. 
there, there's times and and what we talked about with the spinning rod and smallmouth fish and i tried to power fish for those fish and do my thing and i was going to figure out a way to catch them my way for years and i had a, a couple tournaments where you know that would lead me you know I, hey man i'm getting better at this i'm gonna figure this out and you know finally i just had to bite the bullet and commit commit to doing that and you know it's i've reaped the reward since then um you know fishing offshore is another one like you know everybody and their brothers out there in the middle of the lake on a tennessee river ledge tournament and i just didn't like fishing around people didn't like fishing in a crowd and i would go to the bank and i got my brains beat out enough times that i just like well i'm just gonna have to bite the bullet and go out there and join them and when i commit to doing that out there just like when i commit with the spinning rod it's worked out well for me but uh you know, so it's 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 a decision that you have to make, usually prior to even starting practice. You know, oh, how am I going okay. back late this week? I mean, it's you know, we our practice days are pretty limited. Yeah, I mean, you're going to commit to fishing the bank, and everybody that else is out in the middle. You got to commit to fishing it. So, oh. you know, and I I think I've gotten better with making those decisions. Because I've been doing it a while. Now. Sure. Um, I think, uh, you know, a guy, you know, you mentioned McMillan. You know, I've been fishing a little bit longer than Brandon has for a living. And, you know, it, it, he's probably figured it out quicker than me. So, <laughs> But I think he, he's talking about the same thing that I'm talking about right now. It's just, you know, try to fish your strength when you can and, you know, the rest of the time just you know there's there's times you gotta you gotta fall in there you got you gotta pick the spinning rod up you gotta sure you know fish out in the middle of a lake i at kentucky lake in the middle of the summer even though you're casting over each other's lines that's just part of it yeah yeah no i think and i feel like um that kind of having confidence in what you're doing and knowing what you're good at uh is a I feel like a common thread on you know any of the pros we have on the podcast uh, you know when we talk just about careers and I think especially for anyone that's listening that's a high school college uh, maybe you're a BFL angler maybe you fish Toyota series and you're looking at climbing up and you just haven't been able to piece a season together I think sometimes stepping back and looking at like okay this is what I'm good at these are the fisheries we're going to in the schedule. I know I can catch some fish doing what I like, you know, on these bodies of water. Maybe on this body of water, it's more of a spinning rod deal. Uh, you know, maybe that's when I kind of got to, you know, hold my cards, fall into that, and see what happens, but have confidence in doing it, that I know I'm doing the right thing, and uh, it'll it'll come together. I think I, I know personally I've seen a lot of guys uh, following them through the Toyota series that uh, are really, really good anglers, but, man, they are their own worst enemy. Uh, when it comes to fishing, right? They'll get spun out so easily. And, uh, like, you never you never saw anything from it. There's a ton of guys that I no doubt think could fish uh, at the highest level, and uh, they just, you know, can't get out of their own way. And I think some of it is uh, when they start trying to do something that they have confidence in and it fails, uh, they just get spun out. But I think, you know, th- like you said, there's a fine line there between doing what you like and doing maybe what needs to be done is, I think, 
the way to word that possibly. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah, I agree with you. It's, you know, the, the, there are a lot of guys that are great fishermen all over the, the country. You know, I fished against some guys in club tournaments that I feel like could compete with us on the Bass Pro Tour. <laughs> you know, they, but, but, but what separates the guys up there, the guys that have been around for a long time, the guys that have won a lot of tournaments and been really successful, it's all between your ears. Like, the greater the pressure, the better they perform. For sure. You know, and... and They've got confidence in every rod in that rod locker. Like, and they may have not used it the whole week, and they'll pull it out <laughs> at any time and, and, and make it work. And uh, I, I think another thing that's important, especially for to try to help young anglers, is is there are so many different techniques, and there is so so much out there. There's so many ways to you know to go about this, and no one no one can do it all. You kind of have to pick the tools that you're going to put in your toolbox. And you're better off with just a few tools and knowing how to use them well than this giant toolbox full of tools and you don't know how to use any of them well. So, obviously, a guy like KVD or Edwin Evers or, or, you know, guys that's been doing this a long time, they have got a really big toolbox and they are good at using a lot of it, but they still can't do it all. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. No, I think that's a really good point. That's a really good point. I like the analogy of... uh... You know, you got to pick the tools in your toolbox because you're right, man. Like, you can't – it would be – and I'm just flipping through pros in my head that, like, uh, yeah, like you pointed out, there's not a lot of guys that uh, you see consistently excelling all over the place. Now, a lot of people may also argue that Jacob Wheeler would be one of those guys, but, you know, he's he's Jacob Wheeler, so who knows what he's got going on, you know. The guy's just good at catching fish. I would say his he's got a very large toolbox and he's very good at using all the um but you know, I still think I mean that there there are probably things he shies away from and he obviously knows mm-hmm. his his strengths and knows knows when and where to exploit them better than anybody. That's why he's been so successful, you know, as of late. So uh you know, the 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 guy just flat out catches them and it doesn't matter you know. You know, if it's with a spinning rod, a bait cast, or braided line, he's he's excelled <laughs> at all of it. So, you know, he's and 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 as far as electronics, I feel like he's right on the fore forefront of pushing the envelope with that whole thing. And uh, so, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm thankful he's not fishing in the press circuit. This year, <laughs> yeah, I think I, I, I think a lot of guys are. <laughs> <laughs> but. uh well, I, I don't know. He he he's, uh, he's definitely a, a very well-rounded fisherman. And and speaking of all that, like you know, I spent a lot of time last year playing with all that electro the electronics and stuff. And it, you know, and I understand it. I know how to use it. I call fish with it. It's just not a tool I want to put in my box. Like it's just not the game I I want to play right now. Sure. So uh, you know, it's a decision I made. I've, I've learned a lot of techniques and learned a lot a lot of different ways to catch fish. And I will never do it in a tournament setting. Like, you know, it's just not, not a, you know, cause I, the toolbox is only so big and, yeah. and it's, it's, it's confusing enough as it is. <laughs> so, uh, and I felt like, and, and you can take a look at my, my track record. Like you know, I quit my job in 2007 and 2008, I won three national events and I only had a few tools. I flipped and threw a frog. That was it. And that's how <laughs> I won those now 
I didn't get paid as much back then. Sure. You know, it's just, I feel like I'm a definitely a more consistent angler now. I get a paycheck, you know, pr- pretty consistently on any tour. And but, but the more tools I put in that box, the less opportunity I've had to win. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's a, I think that's a good point. And uh, you know, this talking about tools, and uh, you know, we're, we were kind of like you know, giving a little bit of tips, but. I, I just kind of thought we should probably go down the road. Uh, I kind of want maybe a few tips from Randall Tharp about like flipping and pitching. I did this with McMillan uh, again to keep tying it back, but uh, it was kind of fun because uh, he broke down basically like things he thinks people do wrong when it comes to. Now we were specifically talking about punching, uh, but I mean, I know, I've seen you catch a lot of fish on a frog and a jig and, and stuff like that. So maybe like from your toolbox, uh, things you're real confident in, what are, do you have a tip or two for people that you think, uh, you've seen a lot on the water that they're doing completely wrong, uh, <laughs> that if they change it, they might be able to catch a couple more bass. Yeah. You know, that's, that's pretty broad, but, but I, I'll, I, you know, I love to flip a jig and, or, or you know, just and, and the biggest mistake I see people, the majority of people, even guys I fish against on tour, is their rod position and and the way the bait falls. It's all about the fall, the rate of fall. But but if you pitch pitch a bait and if you're fishing in five foot of water and you pitch your bait out there and your rods at you know nine o'clock, there's no way that bait's going to fall vertically. It's going to pendulum back to you. In essence, so if you're pitching a dock post in five foot of water and your rod's at nine when it hits the water, there's no way that, that bait's going to fall straight down that pole. Does that make sense? Sure, yeah, yep. And it's not it's not the easiest thing to achieve, but, like, if I'm in five foot of water, I want my rod up there at three. You know, I want it pretty high when my bait hits the water. Oh. And, and I've, I've discussed it in seminar, too, and I want to let that bait fall like on a controlled slack line where I've got contact with the bait, but I'm not hindering the fall of the bait. I, I'm fishing when I'm flipping and pitching, I'm strictly fishing vertical straight up and down. I don't want that bait dragging, coming back to me. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And that's, that's the big, biggest mistake. I, I can tell within two pitches. If, if, if a guy's good at, at that particular technique by how by where his rod is when his bait hits the water interesting okay okay what's uh this is another one off but it just came to me what's your like go-to jig setup size jig trailer rod line like anything you want to throw out because now you got me thinking about you know flipping a jig around (laughs) oh it's i i never go fishing i always have a uh King Cobra, Randall Tharp, 7.6 heavy action flipping stick, um, uh, 7.2 to 1 reel, 20-pound line, a fluorocarbon line, and a half-ounce jig, usually brown, with a big salty chunk on it. Oh, a chunk. Okay. I mean, I'm old school, man. I've just, that chunk, <laughs> I've won a lot of money, a lot of tournaments with that set up, and you know, it's something I cut my teeth in Alabama, and there's been more tournaments in Alabama won on that than anything else. They either half or five eighths, and and that's 
no matter where I go in the country, with the exception of maybe like the St. Lawrence River or someplace like that. <laughs> sure. That, that's how I spend the Okay. You know, it's interesting you, you bring up the chunk, too, because I, I talked to Dion Hibden, or I mean uh, Lawson Hibden, uh, back in like October for a, a piece on, you know, how he breaks down fishing docks and all that. And uh, when he got to talking about trailers, uh, he said, basically, you know, me and dad, me and Dion, uh, we don't use a whole lot of, uh, you know, like a rage crawl or, or stuff with appendages that move a whole lot. Because uh, he's like, man, I've, I've never seen a bluegill freaking out under the water, like kicking around a whole bunch. And uh, he's like, I mean, I've seen crayfish scoot around, but I've never seen them flapping around all over the place doing all kinds of stuff. He's like, I just think it looks stupid. <laughs> and I'm like, well, I, yeah, I guess when you put it that way, that kind of makes sense. <laughs> Maybe I need to throw a chunk more, I guess, is where I'm getting at on, on that. But I got you telling me about a chunk. I got Lawson. Like, man, I'm doing it wrong. Yeah, you know, it just depends. Like, like if I'm going to fish horizontally, like if I'm going to swim a jig or drag a football jig or – any of that like then, then i'm gonna go to i'm gonna thread something on there like what you're talking about like it's got a, a little a action to it yeah okay or speed crawl that i help zoom design just for that reason for swimming a jig and to put on a football a bigger profile bait but it's basically you know those speed crawls for me and a and a zoom chunk those are that that does everything i need to do ah i dig jig. it i dig it what uh what else? I feel like there's maybe another tip I can I can squeeze out of you, but I gotta think more specifically. What about uh, when it comes? What about punching? Like let's let's switch gears now. We're talking right matted vegetation, thick cover. Uh, is there anything you see people do that you're like, oh man, gosh, this guy? Like there's no way he's gonna catch any fish. Whether it's you know uh, too big a weight, same thing you're talking about. Maybe it's how they present the bait. Um, Anything that comes to mind there? I mean, you know, I, it's it's hard for me. To, I know what works for me. Every every single person's different, um, you know. But most punching setups involve braided line with no stretch. So so balancing the whole setup is is extremely important. You know, if you if you don't set the hook really hard, you're going to want a stiffer rod. But if you like to really set the hook and pull hard. I mean, with with no stretch in the line, I mean, so, something usually gives, and it's you know, everything from the hook to the line, all the way up to your reel, everything kind of has to be matched to your particular fishing style. So, uh, you know, I see guys go out there with, you know, a triple extra heavy, sixty five pound braided line and a hook that's as big around as my finger, you know, and they wonder <laughs> why they're fish like. You know, but who who am I to say that that may, maybe if they feel like that's what's working for them? And but but I spent a lot of time with every little piece to that. You know, for me, I sure. don't like those great hooks. I like a I like a strong hook. I don't I, you know I don't want a hook to break. Or, and but I would rather a hook bend a little bit than break. Um, but I like a smaller diameter hook. You know, I like and I like a pretty limber rod for a, a big flipping stick like i you know just because a rod bends doesn't mean it's not powerful right um yeah you know, the the stuff that that i've helped design and build like it's you know it's 
I would say more parabolic action and, and anything that I'm going to throw braided line on, that's the kind of rod I want. I want a lot of gift in that rod. Cause you're so the, the type know, that likes to, you, you're a swing for the fence, uh, hook set guy. I, I like to set the hook, but, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I really do. And, uh, I love getting that bite and I love setting the hook, but you know, that's something that I did to balance everything. You know, so I didn't rip a big hole in the fish's mouth. I don't want to, you know, jerk a fish clean out of the water and snatch him to the other side of the boat. You know, if everything's balanced right, you know, you just catch way more fish. And, and you know, my my perfect setup might not be the perfect setup for you. It's just something that takes a lot of trial and error. Sure. And, and that, that whole punching game, a lot of it is just about being efficient and and you know, you know, I don't like to use a two ounce weight, but there are times when the wind's blowing thirty miles an hour, and it, you just about have to stick to to get your bait to, to penetrate the cover efficiently. So, okay, okay. So you really like got to take a step back, look at uh, you know what you like to do if you like to swing hard and you're missing fish because you're using a broomstick of a rod. Maybe you just need to change a rod, uh, or you know, it could be something as simple as that to help put more fish in the boat yeah i see a lot of people get excited too they get a bite the first thing they do is drop their rod you know create slack in the line and slack i I don't like slacking any hook set in my line but slack with braided line is definitely bad (laughs) i mean it's just not it's just a recipe for losing fish in my opinion (laughs) that's a very good point (laughs) oh man yeah, that's that's a bad deal. I have I've definitely uh, I have some buddies. I'm not going to say any names, uh, but that definitely come to mind when you mention that. <laughs> yeah, one tip, one tip that I will tell you, and 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 you know anybody that's ever fished with me or practiced with me, like I don't fish with a hook at all. I, I I'll put a weight on and I'll, I'll put a hitchhiker on and I'll put the the bait on the hitchhiker, and if you will go out there and do that for a day whether you're a tournament fisherman or not and you see how long a fish will hold on to a bait it'll it'll probably help you catch a few more fish like it'll <laughs> you know you'll, you'll get a feel for the fish grabbing the bait then you'll let the fish get the bait in its mouth and then you know when he starts pulling down then that's when you start pulling back but uh you know that 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 helped me tremendously as far as getting the timing right on a hook set and stuff like that oh i like that tip i like that heck now you got me thinking i need to go out and do that that's pretty uh well most people i mean you know in a in a tournament setting i'm going to catch them on tournament day not right in practice right but, but that I, I mean once i started doing that and i would do it day after day and not only is it is it very interesting but you get way more bites without a hook on there and i don't think it's because the fish sees the hook it just you're much more efficient with that that big weight and whatever you got on the end of it 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 just goes through cover so much easier without a without a hook on there and i think that's why you get way more bites without a hook just because you're being more yeah yeah I i could see that i could see that for sure um, man, I think, I don't know that I need to squeeze any more tips out of you, but, uh, I do kind of want to talk still fishing, but, uh, you know, I mentioned it earlier, but like a little saltwater fishing, 
how many saltwater fish have you been beating up this off season? You know, it's not, not as much as I would like to. I've actually <laughs> been bass more, more than I have been saltwater fishing. But oh uh, wow! You know, I I get I get I'm very fortunate where I live, and and there's some amazing bass fishing here, and and there's some amazing saltwater fishing, and um, you know, I. I didn't go offshore much this year, uh, three or four trips and, you know, I've kind of been fishing inshore more. Um, and believe it or not, this first time I've ever publicly admitted this, especially in a bass fishing. I mean, all I've done pretty much all your fly fish. So. Whoa. You can make fun of me if you like. I know, I know some <laughs> of my other fishing will, but, uh, <laughs> Well, so. I, I have caught just about everything that swims here from you know tarpon the triple tail the redfish you name it i've caught it and uh now i'm checking the species off with that fly rod and it is it has been quite the challenge because i am not near as efficient with a fly rod as i am with a <laughs> what uh like has have you had an interest uh in the fly game you know for a while or was this just kind of something new to like uh you know a new challenge i guess to to try to catch these fish I think it's an, it's definitely the challenge part of it. It's it's definitely way more challenging. Um, but I also think I've been in the boat with some really good fly fishermen, and I think a really I I think actually I mean there these fish in salt water they have really good eyesight. I, I mean, and and a fly to me, it, a good fly fisherman can present a lure to a fish in a way that you never could with a spinning or casting gear oh okay um, and and also it's just so it's it's like throwing top water all the time i mean it's all fish. <laughs> i mean sure i'm watching the fish eat my lure and uh you know it's whether you're trying to fool a redfish or a triple tail or or for, for me this year my nemesis has been the tarpon and we don't have tarpon here all year but when they're here you know, it's like sitting in a deer stand deer hunting to me. You know, <laughs> I'm watching that tarpon, a string of tarpon come on a line and you got your boat positioned and then trying to get a fly in front of them with the wind blowing 30 miles an hour. And it's, uh, it, it's owned me this year. And I, you know, it's, I think in my retirement, I could definitely do that every day. Uh, <laughs> I just get these small windows now where I might get two or three days. I can go in a row with the weather and everything's right. Sure. Fish are swimming good. Uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's been my poison lately. Oh. In my off time. How, how, so on the tarpon front, how big a tarpon do you guys get around there? Or maybe also, uh, question B from that is what's the biggest tarpon you've ever caught? <laughs> uh, the, the, we don't have a whole lot of small resident tarpon like like they the my we get migratory fish here and the small ones are sixty and the big ones are over two hundred pounds. Dang. So, uh, the, the biggest one I've caught right now is is probably right around ninety pounds. Um, I have hooked some that that's bigger. Dang. Unfortunately, that you know those fish. I mean, just hooking one is an achievement in itself, and and but getting your hands on one is is pretty rare most of the time you don't catch that fish that you get to bite but uh just getting one to bite right now is good enough for me 
<laughs> I, I I hear that. I uh I haven't done a whole lot of saltwater fishing, but I definitely understand the uh, um, challenge of trying to boat a tarpon. You also mentioned triple tail. Uh, I have fished for triple tail before, and I thought going into it, uh, when someone showed me a picture of one, I'm like, oh, this is just a big bluegill. You know what I mean? Like it's just a big stupid bluegill uh, that's hanging out by a crab pot buoy. I'm gonna throw my cricket over there, and it's gonna eat it. Uh, boy, was I humbled quickly, Randall. I'm t- <laughs> it, I, I was, it was this writer's thing. And I had, uh, there was like someone from some saltwater magazine in the boat, uh, the captain and like, uh, uh, a couple other people that were very saltwater oriented. And then me, uh, in this boat and they're like, Oh, you've never caught a triple tail. Yeah, man, you're up, you know, get on the front, blah, 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 blah. Made a pretty good cast. I thought it was a pretty good cast thing. Didn't even flinch. Right. It just kind of drifted right by. I think it was like a little, uh, like a plastic shrimp or something we were using. And uh, so I reel in, they're yelling at me like, no, 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 you got to throw like right in front of it. I'm like, oh, I felt like I threw right in front of it. Long story short, we're like four crab pots in. I haven't caught one. Everyone's getting real mad at me. Uh, but again, I feel like I am nailing these casts. Finally, I hook up with one and I get it in the boat. And I've never been so mad at a fish, but boy, it tasted delicious. Uh, and so I, I won finally, but I was like, okay, I, 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 I kind of get the challenge of this big saltwater bluegill. Uh, because, because it was, uh, it was kind of addicting too. uh, watching them like lay, they lay on their side. Right. Don't they like do weird stuff? Like kind of lay there all weird. They're, they're, they're a fun fish. We, I live in a good place and we have a bunch of those fish around here, but, uh, and they get pretty big too. But I mean, it's just like anything else. Every fish is different. Just like if you bed fish for a bass, you know, every one of them that you're going to sight fish for is different. And sure. the, the triple tail, all of these saltwater fish are the exact same way. They all have different personalities. And, you know, sometimes, I mean, I don't care how good you are. They're just not going to bite. And, uh, <laughs> you know, these days and every, they all get really stupid and, you know, all of them are bite. So, uh, but they're, they're a fun fish. It's a fun species. And I mean, I, there's probably one within sight, sight of me right now, just right out there. <laughs> a couple, couple, couple. I can see from here. <laughs> oh man. Well, uh, Randall, I think, um, with that, I don't know that I need to take up any more of your time, but, uh, before I let you go for the folks listening, uh, if they don't already, uh, where can they keep up with you, uh, on social, um, you know, as the 2020 season and beyond, uh, gets rolling. Yeah, man, just all of my social media channels, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, you can go to my website, Randy at randytharp.com, find out anything you need to know about me and my business. And, and But all of that, I mean, my wife travels with me, and we do a, she does a great job of keeping everybody updated, you know, usually at tournaments, two or three videos a day, and I'm, I'm not responsible for that. She is, so... Uh, <laughs> You know, you guys follow along this year. It's going to be a busy, busy season, but I'm looking forward to it, man. I'm looking forward to, to seeing a lot of old friends that I used to fish against at, at FLW and uh, getting back out there with you and, and cutting up and, and hopefully catching a few fish along the way. Well, uh, I know I'm I'm excited to see it, and uh, I hope the folks, uh, folks are excited to follow you back along uh, in the five-fish limit circuit. And uh, tell Sarah hi. Uh, for me but randall i'm gonna let you go man and uh we'll see you here at rayburn in not too long that's right about 
four and a half, five weeks away. So we'll see you there in Texas. All right, man. Have a good one. Safe travels and uh, enjoy the holiday season. You too. Merry Christmas and have a happy new year.